0: we
1: Oh, uh, we're in the marbles. we in the marbles. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 35 of in the marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda. You can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan. You can find me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. This is episode 35. Can you name a driver? that drove a number 35 car <laughs> i can
2: <laughs> i absolutely can uh first one i think of is cole Witt okay driving that number 35 the blue i think it was speed stick deodorant um sponsored we
1: get, we're sponsored. getting in a weeds on 35 <laughs> yeah
2: i mean i just remember because it was a really cool i mean in my opinion it was kind of like a really cool paint scheme It kind of had that you know when you're uh, in a hospital, dying, and it has the little <laughs> beep 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 things. It kind of had that on the sides of the paint scheme, and I don't know why. But my
1: wife would appreciate
2: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like the little beep beep things. And I thought, man, they're going to need a lot more than life support to get that thirty-five in victory lane. But um, yeah, the one, I, the one I think of is
1: Tabodon Oh, in the Tabasco car. Such a such an easier answer. Yeah, it is it's <laughs> <laughs> just like popping your head <laughs> just never never yeah but yeah. also uh he got fired halfway through that year and Darryl Waltrip drove that car oh yeah yeah daryl Waltrip drove the 35 tabasco car there for a minute i think it was 98 i think that was wow. the year 98 or 99 i think it was 98 well would you look at that yeah see i got a little bit of a little bit of history there 24 years old. Twenty-four year old history. I mean, so do you haven't have any stats?
2: Oh, I sure do.
1: (laughs) I sure do.
2: Now this is from uh, July tenth, nineteen forty-nine, until July second, two thousand sixteen, because that was the last time the thirty-five was driven in the Cup Series. So we have three hundred nineteen races, eleven top fives, thirty-nine top tens, one hundred twenty-five top twenties, one pole. Can you guess how many wins? Uh, zero?
1: Zero. Oh, wow. 13 at least had a qualifying race. I'll tell you what. Mm. My goodness. I've never heard of anybody winning in 35, so I just assumed it was zero. I didn't even win in a 35. You know, I did drive a 35 one, one time. Did you? I did. I did. Never mind. I take that back. I won a heat race in a 35.
2: Okay. Well, so I'm I won more than to- any
1: NASCAR driver in a 35 car. Boom. There it is. Uh, we, my, You know, my number is 53. We bought a car, uh, from from a guy that that he, it was actually a Subaru, is what it was. Oh, we bought this car, race ready, and everything, and it was a fast little car. You know, I've raced it a couple of times. I have beat it a couple of times. You know, in the Celica, but my Celica was not dependable. And coming up was a fifty lap race. Oh, wow! And on a half mile dirt track, fifty laps is a lot, especially on a lower class like a front wheel drive class. Right. That's a, that's a that's basically like a NASCAR race to us. Yeah, sure. Cause we run 10, 12 laps at a time. So I had never done anything like that and I was looking forward to it. And the year before uh, I had mechanical issues and I couldn't get my car to, to even take the green flag. Like I oh, was out man. there. No, uh, The whole story with that side note, the whole story with that is I broke a hub. I think it was a hub in the um, heat race. With this uh, Sundance I had. This Plymouth Sundance. And got towed in. And we're like, well, we live an hour away. We have another car. It's Mm -hmm. practically race ready. Like we might have to do one or two little things on the way there to it. Or something like that. You know, when we get there at the house real quick to load it up and get going. But we did it. We made it home. Swapped cars with a Dodge Daytona. Well, it was it was nice on short tracks. It did not have the gearing for the bigger track, like the half mile. It was oh, it was slow on the half mile, but on the short track, it was fast, really fast. But interesting. Let's see, you can't mess with the gearing on a stock class, like a front wheel drive class. You, you're not supposed to do that. The only way you can do that is to change tire sizes. That messes with the gearing mm-hmm. a little bit, but you can't actually go in there and physically mess with the gear. I wouldn't even know really what to do with the gear on a front wheel drive four cylinder car, but Um, we got it to the racetrack and they actually held the pace laps up for us. They ran a couple extra pace laps just so we could get out there on the track. They were really, really nice to us because we were regular, you know, and I really wanted to race this. I got there on the track and I flew out there, got up to the last place car and then the car died.
0: Oh no. And
1: I pulled to the infield, could not get it cranked back up. It turned out to be something as simple as a ground wire, just messing with all the electrics and i watched the entire 50 laps from the infield oh my um, so gosh. this next year i was like i'm not going to have that issue again i found a car that i knew was reliable because my car was breaking a lot of hubs because it had a lot of power and just the equipment wasn't there until i wound up upgrading it to, with a different type of toyota it mm-hmm. wound up it just wasn't there the, the equipment would last three or four weeks and i had to go find a hub oh so, I got the Super and the Super first race out, I won the first the heat race I won it. passed mm-hmm. them on the outside too. So I was like, okay, this, this car's got it. It's, if this groove widens up, I can probably go around this whole racetrack near the end of the race, wide open. For sure. just right along the wall. And so I started second in the feature because I won the heat race, but then new car, I missed my shift. Oh, I only shifted once. Some people shifted twice, but I always tried to just shift once and just worry about driving and not shifting through the corners. But I missed my shift uh, to third from second to third. I raced in third gear and just could not get it. And I finally got it in uh, going around the turn one. And by then I was like 12th out of about 25 cars. And then a big pileup happened right in front of me and somebody rolled and barrel rolled and I like, well, maybe I didn't need to be up there you know yeah and it took me the whole race slowly but surely just taking my time getting back up there getting back up there and then finally with about 12 laps to go i got the second place but by that point the leader had already checked out to about half a straightaway lead Uh, and we went green the entire rest of the race i was like i'm faster than this guy i'm catching him i just need a caution i could get by this guy if i just had a caution And it looked like I was actually going to get to his bumper, but a lap car kind of messed me up a little bit in the corner. He didn't quite take the line. I thought he was going to take when he took when When I went through the corner and it messed me up a little bit. I wound up finishing about three car lengths back. Oh no. But second place in 35, I raced at 35 twice. If you count the heat race, I won once and finished second the next time. That's awesome. And then the car wound up, you know, it wound up starting to smoke a little bit right at the end of the race. So it really wasn't ever the same after that 50 lapper. I guess that 50 lapper kind of put a lot of stress on that equipment. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. It does. But that, that is my, uh, Oh yeah. And we watched the video back on it and this car was unique because the exhaust was cut off right at the door underneath the driver and it came out the side. It didn't just come out the bottom. It actually came out the side of the car. and, when uh you would let off the gas a little fireball would pop out
0: oh so man. And a little
1: force yeah. on the car that's fun you know oh, it's yeah, like it a dang is. nascar going around martinsville or something A little fireball pops out of the car you know when you get back on the gas well For the last sure. 10 laps of that race there wasn't no fire coming out of that car oh no that means i was on the i was on the gas yeah. i was not yeah. letting off nope i was just letting it float up to the wall and just ride the ride the cushion right up against the wall and i was just oh, letting man. it eat danger zone baby well that was fast yeah that's, it that's was. right it was fast just <laughs> like this movie we're gonna talk about today yes that's that was the whole principle about one of those uh scenes was uh what is it go to the outside your cargo your, you can hold i yeah. think they even put that that audio in uh, the ross thing move at martinsville i yeah.
2: oh man i saw that edit too that was fantastic
1: um, before now we're not going to go scene by scene with this movie because no. uh, all honesty, when I come up with this, I actually had thought you had seen it more than just one time. I have only seen days of thunder one time. That shocks the mess out of me. I just want to let you know. Yeah. I've seen it probably about uh, a thousand and one times. <laughs> I've, I've, right. I've been watching this movie ever since it came out pretty much. I don't know what my mom was letting me do watching this movie when I was like seven, eight years old, but I was, mm. I actually had it on VHS taped off HBO. Wow. I, <laughs> I have no idea why I had a copy of this when I was seven or eight years old watching this. This is a filthy movie. <laughs> There's so much cursing in it. Are you talking about this? Days Days Thunder of Thunder has a mess of cursing in it. Dude. Oh, does yes. it? Yes. I guess I never noticed that. Well, you know how drivers are on the, on the radio.
2: Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what true. this movie is.
1: Very, very true. Did you know that
2: Days of Thunder was the movie that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman actually met for the first time? I didn't. It yeah. makes sense. That's the mm-hmm. first
1: one I can remember them being in the same movie.
2: Yeah. And then, like, the director, I think his name, was it? if I'm not mistaken, it was, like, Tony Scott or something, he met his wife on
1: set as well. I think I do. I do, do remember that. Yeah, because they, they had a uh, making of Days of Thunder. Uh, I forget what it's called. Um God, but it's been on like uh Fox Sports or something like recently, like in the last oh, really? year. Oh goodness gracious, I forget what that name of that thing's called. If you search Days of Thunder on YouTube, mm-hmm. you'll find that documentary. It's got an older uh oh god, see, I'm blanking all these actors' names now. The guy that plays Rowdy Burns, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he, Wow, I'm just blanking on everybody's names. He, he played the blue guy <sighs> in Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody knows the who I'm talking guy? about. He was Daryl in Walking Dead. Not Daryl. Earl. Merle. He was Merle in Walking Dead. Do not rely on me to get names when it comes to like trivia questions and stuff, because I won't do it. I am <laughs> failing miserably at nail, names right now.
2: I... uh I don't know.
1: What's his I'm trying name? Trying to figure out. You know, you know the guy uh, I'm talking about. The guy that plays Rowdy Burns. Was... Robert Deville? No, he plays the. That uh, was Harry. Yeah. Um. Rowdy Burns. I think that was Michael Rooker. That's it, Rooker. Michael. as, as Rooker. I heard it, I would know. But it took me a minute, but I got there. I should have known that off the top of my head. I'm 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 a bad fan. But yeah, he um he was in that documentary, and you can see a the screenshot, like the, the thumbnail of that video that making making of Days of Thunder video. It's mm-hmm. him a lot older. Oh, you know, like like okay. nowadays, you know, because he's still playing sure. stuff nowadays, like like I say, he was just in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right.
2: I mean, that's true. I haven't actually, I really actually haven't ever watched that movie either, to be honest with you.
1: That's a good one. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Even if you don't watch any of the other Marvel stuff, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, you can kind of, it can kind of stay in its own bubble. It doesn't really, like there's some things that will help out other films, but it really doesn't branch out too much. It kind of can be self-contained and you'll understand everything going on between those two films. Okay, so uh, I recommend that go go check that out. Um, but before we get deep into Days of Thunder, do you want to uh, talk about maybe a little bit of stuff that's going on right now with NASCAR? Like some news? Yeah, maybe a little bit of news. Okay,
2: I got some I I got some things we can talk about. Uh, Starting off with Raja Karuth announcing that he is going to go full time with GMS. In the uh craftsman truck series in 2023, driving the number 24 Wendell Scott Foundation Chevy Silverado. So that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so uh moving right along, Kaz Grala announced that he will be driving uh I think it's full time in Xfinity for Sam Hunt Racing. There's some uh crazy names right now yeah well oh it gets better mm-hmm. ryan truex announced that he will be scheduled to run six xfinity races for joe gibbs racing i think in the 20 or in the uh, number 18 mm-hmm. really i'm actually a really big fan of ryan truex uh so i really hope nothing but the best for him but then uh speaking of joe gibbs racing john hunter nimichek announced that he will be driving the number 20 for joe gibbs racing in the xfinity series for the entire 2023 season that's good for him. Real good for him. That's yep. a good step. Absolutely. Uh, the main event of the news that we have is that they finally announced Kyle Busch's sponsor, some of Kyle Busch's sponsors for the 2023 season.
1: It's, uh, Did... it's crazy that Joe Gibbs couldn't find any and they just spouted off like seven oh. or eight of them for this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, for sure. They announced that Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen... I think it's, but they
1: just call them Cheddar's, right? It's the Cheddar Biscuit I don't think, uh, car. The Cheddar, cheddar yeah, roll so car, whatever it is.
2: Cheddar's, if you're not familiar, is a restaurant. Um, I don't think we have any around yeah. here in Kansas. you are not missing anything. <laughs> I did eat there once on a first date I had actually months ago, and it was a horrible date, so... I might have to go back uh, and, and
1: uh, if it. you, you, you had your experience well yes yeah. uh, it's, it's bad i actually need to go back
2: and like focus on the food <laughs> rather than like other things that my mind was wandering to so definitely want to uh i definitely want to try it at least one more time uh cheddars announced that they were going to be a primary sponsor practically most of the races will be under that Cheddar's paint scheme, but not all of them because Three Chai, which is a uh, marijuana, yeah, medical marijuana product, yeah, medical marijuana, uh, marijuana. Mm-hmm. marijuana, uh yeah, marijuana um, product there, and then they have Lavino, Lavino, Lev...
1: I don't know these. Levino. I don't know these these sponsors. <laughs> I believe
2: Lavino. I love. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Lavono Is that the one that
1: had the green car? No, which one had the green car. That is uh, Alco. Okay. What is AlSko Uniforms.
2: Alco uniforms oh, right. is uh, uh, like uh, uniforms, yeah. uniforms. Yes. I remember. Like that. No. work uniforms. Yep. Um, they also have Bet MGM, which I believe is a movie theater
1: company. They said
2: Bet right? MGM. Bet, or I thought it was Bet.
1: Uh, <laughs> MGM, I don't know. Bet well, that's like a that's like a um casino type thing.
2: What am I? Oh, I'm thinking of AMC. aren't, yeah. aren't I I think that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, right, well, cool. Um, Lavino, I Lavino. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but um, I believe that's some sort of computer company. If I'm not mistaken. Well, they also dropped a bunch of merch. They sure did. Gosh, I'm so jealous.
1: diecast <sighs> hats. Uh, shirts, um, uh, magnets, all sorts of stuff with that eight on it, yes. And uh, they stylized the eight a little bit differently, too, where it doesn't, yes, quite they look did. like the Dell Jr. eight anymore. I'm very excited
2: about that yeah, as well.
1: He's, he's got his own identity now. Um, did you happen to see that tweet I tagged you in this evening? Uh, with Joe Gibbs Racing an electric car that they're testing pit stops with. No, because they uh, by the time I actually saw it, they deleted the uh, tweet. They mm. so I didn't.
2: Yeah, I didn't see what it was.
1: Well, you had a car that had a bunch of like wheezing and whirring coming up, and a bunch of brake mm-hmm. squealing because you couldn't actually hear a car. It was oh. just a NASCAR yeah. like body and chassis, and it would mm-hmm. come up and they would show off all, all the batteries in it and stuff like that. I was like, this they think this is cool. I mean, yay, you did it. Technology, cool, but I don't want to watch a bunch of these things race around a racetrack. Right. You can't even hear them. All you're going to hear is a bunch of brake squealing when they go in the corner. Right, exactly. (laughs) Tire scrubbing and and brake squealing. You won't hear no engines, nothing. You might even hear the drivers screaming at each other. That's right. Oh, That's where we're headed. Goodness gracious. I hope. I hope not. I hope we at least uh, get some kind of semblance of what historically the sport is. I,
2: I am 100% right there with you. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the all-electric idea, but, you know, times are here, I guess. I guess so.
1: The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast.
2: Tim here host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time, right here on Pulling Up a
1: Chair. So let's get into the movie. Let's get into Days of Thunder here. Um, This movie came out in the early 90s. I want to say maybe ninety. This when it came out. I, I almost wanted to say it was 80s, but I want to say it was 1990 because the 1990 Daytona 500 had these cars in it. Yeah, it was definitely the 1990 uh, or the year 1990. Yeah. For sure. Um, and the style of cars that they're racing kind of reflected that 89, 90 look. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie, if nobody's seen it, the, the plot to it basically is you have a crew chief that is out of NASCAR for a few years now because his driver died in a race and he just, he backed out. He didn't Mm -hmm. like the investigation brought to him and all that. So he just kind of backed out. He didn't want a part of it anymore because he grew attached to the driver. And of course, when the driver died, he didn't just gracefully bowed out of it. Well, a car owner obviously supposed to be Rick Hendrick. I mean, right. He owns a dealership in North Carolina. He's, he's got a one car team. Well, he's trying to build a car and he eventually turns it into a two car team later on. It's obviously right. Rick Hendrick, right? It's- oh, absolutely. 100%. I guess instead of just going to the plot, just talk about this movie here. There's so many NASCAR, uh, true to life situations that got thrown into this movie. Whoever did the screenplay of this movie did such a good job. Oh, absolutely they um they took the rick hendrick idea of a car dealership uh owner starting his own team they even took the crew chief that the rick hendrick rick hendrick kind of got because what the tim richmond was a rich hen was a rich hen, rick hendrick driver wasn't he in a 25 car yes so that's who cole trickles based off of tim richmond and yes harry In the movie, the crew chief is based off of Harry Hyde in real life, which is Tim Richmond's crew chief. And they did they had such a good dynamic together. And there was a point like when Tim Richmond uh, was racing in real life where he was spouting off several wins in a row. You know, Mm -hmm. and he did it in such a short period of time of him getting there. And he, he, there's a point in this movie where Cole Trickle did the same thing. And when I was a kid, I was like, there's no way he won four in a row. When they just figured out how to win one, all of a sudden they won four in a row. I mean, he ain't the best driver ever in the history of NASCAR to just jump out there and just beat everybody. like that." Well, looking back, Tim Richmond kind of did that. Right. Yeah, he really yeah. did, actually. And then he was out for a long time. And when he come back, the first race back, he won. Just right. So a lot of uh, art imitating life in this one, a yes. lot of it. And I'm trying to think of all the little scenarios. Obviously I feel like Rowdy Burns is supposed to be the Dale Earnhardt.
2: I, yeah, I mean,
1: I, I for
2: absolutely 100% understand why people would think that I was getting more of like a rusty Wallace. Vibe, <laughs> but like Dale, Dale Sr. was more mainstream, so it makes more sense. I mean, sense. his
1: car was paying just like Earnhardt's car for one, right? But yeah. I, I feel like his driving style was Earnhardt. <laughs>
0: oh, but maybe absolutely. his attitude There's wasn't.
1: Me. I mean, he just played a bad right. guy, race car driver, but right, his driving style, he just he would wreck you, straight up wreck you, knock yeah. you out of the way to win a race. He wrecked, I really was really, your petty in the very first scene. <laughs> right. Who is who is your favorite character out of Days of Thunder? Favorite character, probably Roddy Barnes. I love Roddy. I, Burns. I think it's it's my favorite car. character for sure. I like absolutely. I like the number fifty one better than I do the forty six and eighteen. I like the colors better on the fifty one. I always thought the mm-hmm. eighteen car looked kind of funky with that Hardy's yeah. the stripes and everything, and the numbers slanting with the. Yeah. It looks very much in the times yeah but because there were cars that looked like that but i didn't like those cars either it it right. didn't look symmetrical it looked kind of off to me the green 46 car i thought looked beautiful and you see oh yeah you see that one on local tracks all over the place all over the place yeah uh, a lot of online races that, that's a real easy one for them to make too so uh, you'll see that all over the place too it's it's a simple color scheme. It's just green and yellow w- fading back into the green with a uh, solid black number with a black outline around it, like separating it from the number. Right. So it's got like a, a halo number in a way kind of <laughs> it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say, but it's like a right. gap. It's like a gap of yellow in between the black outline. So it's like the number is black and then a gap with the yellow and then a, an outline of the black. So it kind of looks like it's stamped a little bit unique numbers number scheme on it and then they 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 changed uh they finally found a sponsor when they won a race and it went to superflow Mm -hmm. which is another exxon product so that didn't make no sense right so (laughs) it's exxon was sponsoring 51 and 46. So kind (laughs)
2: of like, well, I mean, I guess it kind of happens, you know, like Liberty University or something, you know, Mountain Dew. But like back then it was kind of unheard of, right? To have like the same sponsor on
1: two different cars. Uh, No, because Budweiser did it. You know, like Budweiser had the 11 and 12. Yeah. Neil Bonnet Daryl Waltrip or Terry Labonte and Neil Bonnet. Uh, It wasn't unheard of but I think they were playing off that. This wasn't the same sponsor mm, yeah. because they were rivals. Like, you know, the 51 car, Roddy Burns was sponsored by Exxon. The original 46 cold trickle, the green, yellow and green car, uh, was sponsored by city Chevrolet, which is the owner's car dealership, which is funny. Cause that's Hendrick Chevrolet sponsors cars today. Mm. Sometimes. Yes. Um, and then they got a sponsor after they won Darlington. I think Darlington was their first race they won. And they got the sponsor and it was Superflow. They I don't remember them having an Exxon logo on the Superflow, but Superflow is an Exxon product. Right. So now all of a sudden the car's pink and white with Superflow down the side of it. And mm-hmm. then towards the end of it, when Cole Trickle ends up having his big wreck with Rowdy Burns and they both get airlifted to the hospital and they pretty much out for the rest of the year. Uh, I think Cole comes back with a few races left and he finishes out the year. Right. But they had Russ Wheeler come in and drive for him. And so he's another, he, he, he's an antagonist that got introduced literally halfway through the movie. We never heard of him before at all. And he's played by, uh, what's his name? Patton. And is in his last name, Patton?
0: Who, Russ what Wheeler? You... Oh it's the guy gosh, that
1: plays Robin man. Hood Men in Tights. That's the only real and he was in um I, I want to say it's like Carrie something. what was he was also in Princess Princess and the God. Bride. I
0: believe
2: so. Oh, oh. I want to say it's like
1: <laughs> is it Carrie? I don't think so.
2: Is his real name? I don't know. We
1: uh we've done so much research for this show, guys. You just don't know. Yeah. I thought I could just spout all this stuff off the top of my head because I've seen this
2: movie a thousand times. I, I'm really apologetic because I really have not. Um, I, I You know, it surprises a lot of people. that Like, oh, you've only seen this like one, like one time from start to finish,
1: and that was like last year. Wow, last year. Wow. Yeah. I have it on Blu-ray. I, I meant to watch it over the weekend, but just didn't have time. Uh, right. Let me tell you what, on 4K, this movie is excellent. Is Absolutely it? excellent. Oh,
0: wow. But
1: uh, it's also really good in surround sound. Because there's mainly this, because it's one scene. I don't have a surround sound mm-hmm. hooked up anymore. I used to have a good surround sound system, but it kind of went out because it also had a 3D Blu-ray player with it. And the 3D Blu-ray player went out, so we kind of just quit using it. But mm-hmm. it's one scene where they're testing where Cole Trickle is testing uh, the 51 car. He's testing Roddy Burns' car. That's how they they got this crew chief back into racing. Cole Trickle comes riding up on a Roddy Burns test session, empty track except for the 51 crew at Charlotte. And he comes mm-hmm. riding up on his motorcycle, like right down pit road on his motorcycle. And they're all laughing because it's right. the silliest thing I've ever seen, I guess, because uh, he's from California, and this is the late eighties that they're kind of portraying here. And not a lot of people came from California back then to do it. There were a couple, I know Ernie Irvin did. And, and about that time, I think he came from California and he started like, God, he was like sweeping the track at Charlotte after racist and then sweeping shops, just trying to get his foot in the door with stuff, you know, just so he could get somewhere when he came in. Uh, that's a really interesting story. With Ernie Irvin. That's a good look up because I know he's got several documentaries on YouTube right now. But yeah. So they were kind of joking with him, a bit. he's from California. He's like, oh, you're a Yankee. He's like, well, when you're from California, really not anything. I was just, <laughs> yeah. I don't personally believe that, but that's what this movie said. So, but yeah, we we
2: definitely don't agree with those statements. <laughs> kind of funny, but not really. A lot of NASCAR divers are actually from California. And nowadays.
1: Kevin mm-hmm. Harvick. Bakersfield. Uh, Kyle Larson. I can't tell you where he's from.
2: I want to say Alex Bowman. Or maybe she was from
1: Arizona. Or Jeff Gordon came from California and moved to Indiana. Yep. Yep, absolutely. They don't stay in California. Though. They all moved east. Oh, yeah. That's the only way you can get into it. There's a the whole cooler there yeah. anyways. The the whole headquarters of NASCAR is is back east, so the logistics alone of trying to be based out of California,
0: God, that would yeah. be awful.
1: You'd have a it would be true. You'd have a good month, and the rest of your gear would be awful. Yeah, Well <laughs> when you have that Phoenix, Las Vegas, California stint, you know, mm. after that, mm-mm. I don't want to do with that, but. He came into an open test session uh to drive Roddy Burns' car. And right. Roddy Burns, of course, was getting all sour about it. He didn't he didn't know about that. He didn't want to do it. You know, saying things like, If you uh break break this, uh, I cannot say what he says because he just mouse out so much cuss words out to this dude. It's <laughs> a family friendly show. This movie's not family friendly. But this is a family friendly show. For sure. But he basically threatens uh castration and <laughs> cold trickle if he wrecks the car, <laughs> yeah, and uh empty track car echoing around the racetrack, all the different you know shifting and all this kind of stuff, just all the different camera and the car flying by the, the the speakers and stuff, it literally drives around the entire room. On surround sound. It was incredible.
2: Oh, oh, I love
1: that. I'll have to try it out. So, let's see. You have Cole Trickle coming in and they initially cannot, they can't meet in the middle as far as like what they're trying to do with the car. Like, Cole came from Sprint Cars and Mm -hmm. he doesn't know how to set up a stock car. He doesn't know what to tell him. Yeah. Like he, he knows he can drive the car really loose because sprint cars really loose, but you don't have the downforce you do on a sprint car. Sprint right. cars have these giant wings on top of the car and that plants the car onto the racetrack. That's why they can go wide open around these little half mile dirt tracks at 150 miles an hour. Just insane cars. Right. And stock cars, what Harry say now, your car weighs twice as much and your tires are half as wide and you're burning them up. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. So, he, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's running, he's, he's burning his tires up. So he, uh, Chris tells him to drive the way he tells him to for 50 laps and he can drive the way he wants to for 50 laps. And he said, I'm gonna beat you. And he did. And from then on, they were off to the races. Literally, they were winning everything. Once he realized how to set up the car and what he needed to tell the crew chief, they were winning. And from that point on, it was just going along with the story and seeing how Roddy Burns hated it. Yeah. He absolutely hated it. And then they wound up getting into a crash at Daytona. I guess it would be the July race at Daytona. Both of them got airlifted to the hospital. Roddy Burns, I think, I don't, I think it was kind of ambiguous whether or not he was ever going to race again. Right. But I know he wasn't back. And I think he owned that 51 car. So come time for Daytona, he had actually halfway become friends with Cole. In the hospital and stuff. Come time for Daytona the next year, he offered Cole Trickle the ride. Mm-hmm. because I guess, like I said, I guess he's the owner. He says his sponsors right. are going to back out and he needs to put a good driver in there. And he's the best driver he knew. So that's where the mellow yellow scheme came from. Right. So as much as we don't like Kyle Petty, some of us, oh, I hate Kyle Petty. There's no denying that that paint scheme is one of the most iconic <laughs> paint schemes in NASCAR.
2: I mean, uh, yeah, you're not wrong, <laughs> but man, I wish you were. Golly. If it, I mean it could have been anybody, like
1: anybody besides Kyle Petty. But, but at least Kyle Penny got to Victory Lane a couple of times, eh? So. He he did get the Mellow yeah. Yellow card of Victory Lane. I guess. I mean, you're not wrong. Yes, he did. He definitely
2: did. And it's a it's a beautiful paint scheme. Don't get me wrong. I just I don't care for Kyle
1: well, Petty too much, and this movie got Mellow Yellow into NASCAR. That is very true as well. Yeah, it was such an off the wall sponsor. It had just it had never been done before in NASCAR, and the paint scheme they chose that black with all the neon red and neon green on it, just mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, it right. suited those early '90s cars so well, and yeah. there was there wasn't but a couple of cars that were that colorful you know with that kind of uh, accents and stuff like that and I think Mellow Yellow I think that car kind of started it all because next thing you know all of a sudden Joe Gibbs has a bright neon green car out there and yeah. Jeff Gordon has a rainbow yeah. car I, mm-hmm. I really do feel like that Mellow Yellow car is responsible for the radical paint jobs we wound up getting like 92, 93, 94 absolutely I, I 100% agree with that so I skipped a, a part in the middle where they, uh, they, uh, <laughs> I guess he's supposed to be the, uh, owner of Charlotte or maybe even owner of NASCAR. I don't know what he was supposed to be portraying. He might've been kind of a, uh, big bill France kind of character.
0: Mm.
1: And he, he sat down with them in the hospital one day and he's like, uh, him and, He sat down with Cole Trickle and Rowdy Burns in the hospital one day. And he said, all this stuff that y'all did on the racetrack, it's going to stop right now. You're going to be suspended for the rest of your lives if you don't stop. And on top of that, they're going to have a dinner. Just to make sure everybody's on the same page with this. So they're going to go out to dinner later. And they got a rental car for Cole and Rowdy Burns and Rowdy pulled up to a dealership and said, look, we know good and well, neither one of us going to let each other drive this car to dinner. And then he looked at the dealership and says, I get you. (laughs) I understand what you're doing. So they, one of them rented a car and they had a race demolition derby wreckfest session all the way to the, uh, the dinner riding on the beach at Daytona because, so you had that scene where they're at the beach behind them and they're smashing into each other. Parts go flying mm. all over the place. That is actually based on a true story. Very true story. Yes. Am I right in remembering it is Jeff O'Dyne and Dale Earnhardt? Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what well, a crazy, this movie is so crazy. All the little things that they, based on real life events like remember a few weeks ago and the, the Halloween stuff we were talking about uh I guess it was Tim Flock we wound up saying how uh, he was hearing voices and he oh, got yeah. out of the race car that's in this yeah. movie oh yeah really? the, the driver uh before Cole that uh that died in the crash he was Harry was talking about um his name was Buddy i I don't know his last name, Buddy Weatherman or something like that. Weathers. Uh, Something like that. I think it was Weatherman. Because his son, I think, was actually on the crew. And... uh, Oh. Yeah. Harry was talking about... Because I think the thing was he had a heart attack before he hit the wall. And then Harry was like, no, he didn't have a heart attack. He was jabbering 100 miles an hour when he hit that wall. So I don't think they really knew exactly what happened to him. But he, he was... Talking about how Cole had lost a step with it after his crash. And he was saying oh, how yeah. Buddy was Buddy was the same way at, at the end of it. He was hearing voices that said, Get out of that race car, get out of that race car, you know. Right. That's straight up Tim Flop. I mean, they took so much from real life. And yeah I bet people watch this movie and they're thinking, What is all this made up crap they're talking about? But no, it's all there. every bit of it right. There. And, um, yeah. and
2: I'm really I'm really surprised about like how many secrets they kind of uh, let out too. you know, like I believe it was Harry that was talking to Cole and said something along the lines of I'm gonna give you an engine low to the ground, extra thick oil pan to cut the wind from underneath you. It'll give you like 30 or 40 more horsepower, something like that. And stuff like that still, happens today Mm -hmm. you know maybe not with the diffuser with the new next-gen cards with the nascar cup series uh that we see today but i mean that's that's real life things you know like real life secrets so how do you make a commercial about
1: something so random i don't know you make it pretty random that's right so if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives, random facts, dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries, uh, but come listen to tales from the estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are the kids are a bear. They are. Uh, but yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. That scene where they're building that car in the shed. Uh That is so fun.
0: Oh, it is. It's such a
1: satisfying scene. I mean, that was the way it was done way back in the day. Probably not so much at this time, but they were racing. They're kind of like glamorizing the old school way a little bit right here. Right. That was the way it was done. You had a, a garage or a shed or whatever they had a chassis they had a bare chassis just with the the wheels and the roll cage pretty much they built that thing ground up they laid the body they they molded the body exactly where they needed to they dropped the engine they painted it they showed them painting not no stickers not no you know Mm -hmm. i I mean they had stickers obviously they had decals and they would that's how, how you get the depth effect to it you layer the decals with different colors it wasn't all just right. one decal that was printed. That, that's the old school way of doing it. So, like, if you had a shadow, you'd have, like, a giant oversized, like, say the number was eight. You have, like, a giant oversized eight that looks like a bubble. It's so big. And then you would mm-hmm. have, that would be, like, a black, big, giant number eight. And then you would have a smaller with the shape, like, cut out in the middle and all that of the actual number. It's just a single color white. And you lay that down. You have to position it just right where you don't have too much on one side, too much up top or anything like that. You have to put it exactly where you want to and you lay it down you smooth it out over that and the black behind it creates the outline or shadow of the white. And that's right. how it's done. It's layered like that. Lowest layer is always the shadow. The top layer will be the, the color of the number itself or outline and stuff like that. shadow outline, whatever. Right. Well, that's, the, that's the way we would do. On the dirt track. Nowadays it's all just one decal, one big sticker, and they print it. They just yeah. print the color. I guess it's lighter. I guess that's the deal. But I don't know, they look so much better when they're nice and shiny. That gloss paint mm-hmm. with the big fluorescent, you know, decals kind of layered and sticking, you know, sticking out on the car. Just man, they look so much better back then. That whole scene. That if you Thought that that's how it was done nowadays. It would make you want to go be that person. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. For sure. What,
1: what's that phrase? Uh, A- AS- ASR is that the, the term for it? ASMR. Yes. ASR. Was it? ASMR? ASMR. I don't see it. like the like the sounds and stuff. Yeah. That's yeah, my ASMR. Yeah. Watching that yes. scene in Days of Thunder where they're building that car. Oh, I, yes. could, I could I guess see there I could watch that on a loop with that music oh, playing background. Yeah. Just that yeah,
2: I'm right there with you. I definitely agree.
1: So towards the end of the race, for in the, the movie, I mean. Uh oh, by the way, we're spoiling the heck out of this movie. I don't care. It's oh, a yeah, 30 are. almost 40 year old movie now. I guess thirty-two year old movie. So spoil the heck out of it. If you want to go watch it, go watch it, even if we spoiled it it's it's a it's a late 80s early 90s movie you're gonna know the end of this movie i mean it's yes. pretty self-explanatory how this movie's gonna turn out but he gets cole gets fired from uh the the team i forget the name of the owner i'm just gonna call him hendrick because it's pretty much you know okay yeah he gets fired from that team for wrecking the uh team car Cause they wound up adding a car when Cole came back because they wanted to keep Russ Wheeler. So now everybody's up in arms cause they didn't have teammates back then too much. Wasn't that many teams in the late eighties, early nineties with teammates, maybe right. three or four out there. Yeah, I would say so. And <laughs> Harry was like, there's too many, too many roosters in the hen house, so to speak. You know, How are you going to const- How are you going to focus on getting anybody to victory lane when you got two cars to worry about? And, Russ Wheeler ends up taking the 18 Hardy's car, which is the ugliest car in the whole movie. He went, he winds up taking that car to victory lane a couple of times. And at the end of the race, he gets wrecked by his teammate. So it ticks off that right. whole half of the team and right. Cole. And he comes down pit road at the end of the race while the guy's doing his victory lap with the checker flag out the window. Cole was sitting on pit road. at has pit box. And he says, change my tires because <laughs> the tires are flat yeah. because he just got wrecked. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what for the race is over. He's like, change my tires. Puts on new tires, guns it as fast as he can coming on pit road, T-bones them. Yes. And, of course, that fire, the, the whole team got fired. The whole right. 46 crew got fired. Big fight on pit road <laughs> between the two teammates there. Just, man. A lot of uh, a lot of cool moments like this and in that in the, like that in this movie. A lot of cool lines come out of it too. Mm-hmm. What's an iconic line you can think of coming out of this movie?
2: I'm gonna drop the hammer. No, mm. you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna drop the hammer is obviously a a big one. Well, the right? biggest one. Um,
1: was said it's still said today oh gosh i'm gonna now i'm trying to think um i've never i never heard it before this movie and i've heard it about a million times since this movie rubbin's racing
2: Oh my goodness, come on. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was originated from Days of Thunder,
1: yeah. Because uh, Cole said, um, that sob just slammed into the back of me, and Harry's like, No, he didn't slam you, he didn't nudge you, he didn't bump you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Wow, the most iconic <laughs>
2: quote in all of racing, and I had no idea where it came from, so that's pretty cool.
1: You remember the thing where uh they wouldn't let cold trickle come down pit road to get new tires because they were eating ice cream. Somewhat. I do. It was in the big montage of everything going wrong in the middle of the season before they got on track. That's based off a true story. Yeah. I I think it's based off of Earnhardt. If I'm not mistaken, it's based off. It might've been based off of, uh, actually larry mack might have been the crew chief so it might have been based off the 26 car or Uh maybe even davy but at one point it was probably based off 26 car but i I don't think he was the crew chief for davy when this before this movie came out but (laughs) yeah at one point i think it was larry mack because i think i've heard talk about that how they were uh like Somebody was kept wanted to come in. It's like this car's awful. I need to come in and change something. He goes, well, you gotta make a few more laps. We're eating ice cream at the moment. <laughs> I, if Larry Mack told me, Hey, stay out there, we're eating
2: ice cream, I'm gonna tell him, you know what, you deserve it. Go ahead and do what you need to do.
1: <laughs> like I said, it's crazy this movie pulls some from so many places like that. Yeah. Um Big moment at the end, of course, Cole Trickle beats Russ Wheeler by inches to win the Daytona 500. And Mm -hmm. funny note about the Daytona 500 1990, we mentioned it earlier. The 51 car and the 18 car were in that race. And there were a couple other races they were in too. They were getting track footage. They were camera cars. They were set up. I think they ran about 90 laps total. Just kind of raced by themselves, getting some footage. And when cars would come around, they'd get out of the way. They weren't taking up anybody's spot. They were extras on the field, so they still had the normal amount of cars. Um, There's two things I remember specifically about this movie that went from real life. At one point, uh, when Cole was driving that pink and white car, and Rowdy Burns was driving the 51 Exxon car, the black car, they used Dale Earnhardt leading the 1990 Daytona 500 and Derek Cope second. They used real footage really? for, those, the, for that spot because that's how they were running in the movie.
2: Well, that makes sense. Yeah, they yeah. just
1: kind of fuzzed it a little bit, you know, so you couldn't tell it was a three and a 10. They, gotcha. It was like shot from way afar.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Just so you can see the pack of cars behind them.
2: Oh yeah, of
1: course. Yes, that definitely makes sense. Interesting that that worked out that way.
2: Now, could you imagine, like Tom Cruise, right? Well, it, and I'm sure it wasn't Tom Cruise actually in that. I race think he car, drove some know. though. Do you think I, so? He didn't. He didn't at the Daytona 500. Well, that's what i'm saying it's like at the 500 like could you imagine like these actors you know like strapping into a, <laughs> a, like an illegitimate race car going out to legitimately like not race you know it's not like they were gonna win the race but i mean how amazing would it be if it if that would have happened yeah. but like knowing that you're okay you know we gotta focus to do a movie we gotta you know keep uh in focus and stuff and then you have these race cars, you know, just, like, zooming past you, like, when you're trying to focus, and you know how
1: scared you mm-hmm. would be?
2: I would be terrified. Oh, my goodness.
1: I would be okay with it, personally, but, you know, that's just me, but Tom Cruise, he tends to try to do that in every single movie he's in. He likes to do his own stuff. Sure. You know, he yeah, wasn't out there during the race. They actually got NASCAR drivers for that. Because even, you know, they weren't running, you know, the, the highest speeds and then the craziest packs. They were still right. running up to speed. Like, they were right. still running probably 180 or so getting this footage because otherwise they get lapped so much. You can't be unsafe out there running 150 miles an hour trying to get footage when packs coming at you at 200 miles an hour. Oh, unbelievable. So, I don't know. if oh, they, they had to be running at least 175, 180 just so they could get some right. footage by themselves you know for sure but yeah this movie absolutely iconic in nascar to me personally i feel it's the best nascar movie ever made i
2: just because i've only seen it once does not mean that i disagree with you mm-hmm. at all i want it on blue uh blu-ray and you know all that stuff i definitely want my own copy for sure but only only seeing it once is a travesty and i am ashamed to even admit that and it's definitely the one that i'm gonna definitely have to get i bet
1: your voice in it more than once Kyle what, Bush. Kyle? <laughs> oh i'm sure he has yeah he named his drink after oh. one of the characters <laughs> no joke the, the rowdy yeah. burn
2: <laughs> yeah which is also a flavor of rowdy energy and you could go to rowdyenergy.com right now and get yourself a, a 12 pack of some rowdy burns and right yeah rowdy yeah. burn
1: no yes yeah, yeah, okay. that's, that's, right. that's what i said he named <laughs> one of his drinks what after
2: i was saying i was like wait a minute is it he named his yeah. whole company okay, yeah, rowdy after
1: burns. rowdy burn the rowdy burns the driver right. and he named a power burn
2: Power burn version of what, it
1: because of his last name also. Power burn. So you can yes. tell who Kyle Bush's favorite character in this movie is.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he calls sure. himself
1: Rowdy. Uh, he names his company Rowdy. He's got a power burn uh drink. Uh, I've never seen him drive any type of City Chevrolet or Superflow paint scheme. I've seen him drive a similar paint scheme to the Hardy's car, but pedigree he's oh, yeah. done that but that's about as far as this win if he's done anything special with days of thunder it's been the exact same number the exact same font and the same paint scheme yep. for uh his truck team pretty much right like yep that's just more power to him i'd rather people um drive mo- movie cars from days of thunder than like mm-hmm. his brother and drive a car from talladega nights <sighs> <laughs> yeah i i am not a fan
2: of talladega nights and and that'll be another fun little yeah. review to do later
1: unfortunately you're gonna have to watch that <laughs> movie again because i don't want to watch it again
2: i don't either Go there's another movie guess. i want
1: to do too called six pack that mm. yeah. that that that'll be an interesting interesting one for you i feel like because there's a lot of uh, local racing in that too
2: nice yeah i've never heard of that this? one so i will have
1: to try on youtube out. Yeah. perfect that'd be the next one we do probably not next week next week's gonna be like a christmas episode um sure just not a whole lot going on next week we'll uh we'll push off any questions we get to next week and um just go from there maybe we'll name some christmas movies and songs or something like that that we like the most and maybe talk about some nascar christmas mm-hmm. memories if we have any
2: all right yeah let's go i, I can think of yeah, a couple
1: yeah uh that's gonna do it for the show um like i said it's gonna be a little different just gonna be a quick little talk about this movie quick i say yeah. i got an hour on my timer in here
0: <sighs>
1: yeah leave it to me and I say i ain't got a lot of time i gonna have to go to bed pretty soon and here an hour later we're still talking about days of thunder yeah sorry <laughs> about that I, i'm the one talking because yeah. <laughs> i've seen the movie a thousand well, times <laughs>
2: yeah so i mean you definitely had to uh carry that segment that's, for sure It's
1: all right you can carry a talladega night segment <laughs> oh i, <laughs> I will bet you've seen it more I'm in days of thunder i that's have shame,
2: unfortunately shame. <laughs> uh, oh it's shame you aren't lying
1: shame shame on you shame uh, we'll throw it to the podcast uh, drafting partners real quick. Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, Drunk Wrestling History. Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Positive with Pro Wrestling Podcast. The Lap Traffic Podcast. Howling with the Wolf. J- Jason Wolf. Magic and the Mouse with uh, Rant with Ant. And uh, who you got? So
2: definitely going to... I have actually revised. okay my drafting partners and i added a couple uh starting off as always breaker remains power hour uh you know it's fake right where episode 100 brian breaker announced that he's actually kind of gonna put that podcast on the back burner for now but it will be not so much replaced but uh there, he's gonna start another one with his good friend daniel cross called saturday morning rumble wheel did I you did. hear about this yeah, so every Saturday morning, uh, they're gonna spin a ran, uh, a rumble wheel for a weekly dose of nostalgia. I'm really excited about that because we don't know what's gonna be on the the wheel, so it's gonna be really fun with uh, Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross, kind of going along with the uh, Brian Breaker uh, podcast channel. It seems like uh, TV Toycast with Brian Breaker and Travis. And they Fallon. did Dino Riders this week.
1: Did that, they? That was my childhood, man.
2: Oh, see that was before it, my time.
1: It was yeah, it was it was late eighties, but, oh, um, wow. that was my childhood. I had so much Steiner Rider stuff, just man, yeah, that, what man. an excellent toy line anyway, go ahead, yeah, you could probably call it legendary, just like the
2: next. Person I'm gonna get into the legendary Bill Venus, no holes barred with Bill Venus. Uh, speaking of legends, can't forget about Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin Vinsley. You heard their their commercial earlier, talking about commercials. How we how could we ever even. Remotely try to forget, uh, pulling up a chair with our friend, Tim at a chair shot. You heard his commercial earlier, uh, go check out those some new ones. I want to kind of spotlight a little bit as if they need it. They definitely don't, but, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Has his own podcast called, uh, the Dale Jr. Download with uh, him and Mike Davis, the producer, uh, check that out along with another dirty mo media podcast, uh, door bumper clear, uh, spotter you know kind of point of view there it's really fun not so much family-friendly uh show but then you got stacking pennies with uh cory lajoy who is a current nascar cup series uh driver of course you have lionel racing the official na- nascar diecast producer uh they also have a podcast uh so go check out lionel racing's podcast called authenticated the diecast collectors podcast of course we would not be doing this episode if it wasn't for rowdy energy coursing through the veins so go check out rowdy energy the official energy drink of in the marbles with soda yeah, i'm out
1: i need to buy some more man i'm getting close um i wanted to say a quick congratulations to tell New from the estate for episode 100 this week
2: 100 mm-hmm. Ooh,
1: kill him That's yeah really really cool we're um 65 away from that we're not even mm. close <laughs> no it'll be uh january 2024 before we hit that maybe maybe yeah. da- around daytona 2024 that's about time we'll hit 20 we'll, we'll hit 100 that's wild oh congratulations to you guys <laughs> you absolutely deserve it
2: i love that show so much
1: i uh, want to thank everybody for listening please rate and review and follow us on all the social media twitter and instagram at in the marbles pod and find us on facebook at in the marbles with soda and ethan uh, you can also email the show any questions, comments, anything at in the marblespod at gmail.com. And you should check out watermover.net. Hit the search by store tab in the top left corner and scroll down to in the marbles. And there's our merch. Great way to support the show. And uh, before we get out of here, you got anything you want to say? Oh, goodness. As always, <laughs> I purposely He's... held back mine this week. <laughs> Peace. Love
2: and all that. Right,
1: we'll see you next time in the Marvels.